they post good charts, if they post good trades, if they post their trades, or if they say things funny that you think are funny, like there's the shit posting. Shit posting in crypto is like, it's like a big deal. For some reason, people love like ass rich assholes making fun yeah. of other people. That's like just so weird. Yeah, it is weird. Get it. Well, I mean, I guess so. There's a weird. There is a weird like sort of cult. There's this. this it's cultism in in uh, in crypto. Yeah. There's like. You know, there's these weird personalities that take on weird avatars of like, you know, animals or rock stars or whatever, and it's like, that is a funny thing to do, and then that 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 Twitter account will just post nonsense. Uh, about you know buying and selling Bitcoin that is supposed to be helpful and some people follow that and that's what they get out of it. I'm trying to think of what are the other reasons that you'd want to follow somebody? Maybe because they make good points. Maybe because they 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 oh news news is a big one. This one yeah. this one has this account gives out new news information. I follow people who have who who introduce thoughtful comments into the ecosystem. Right or are actively trying to make things work better hmm. so i mean i may not agree with some of the bitcoin coders the ones who are doing really good work with like lightning network and all that like i'll follow them just because hmm. they're actually like making an effort to hmm. you know, increase but yeah. then I, also, I also talk a lot of shit and be like look you're just part of the problem you're doing a lot of great work for a, a solution that perpetuates oppression of poor people. Sorry. Oh. You know? I guess everyone has a different reason for following on Twitter. Most people, I know that in 2017, most people were following because there was money to be made. Or, yeah. was, or they people believed that. Yeah. And I think some of the accounts that I follow are, they're, some of them are day traders, some of them are people who just like, because otherwise, like sometimes I just don't understand the sentiment. Yeah. Like, I know that if everybody on Twitter is like, like, you know, everybody is like, oh, my God, we're going to 50,000 or whatever. I know it's probably a good sign that we're not. I mean, it's, it's one of the best indicators, right? Yeah. That, like, when people are really excited about something or there are people... Whales who, are just like, yes. I mean, of course. Like, Tank. that's what... Like, think like a whale. Think like uh, think think like an institution or whatever. Think like somebody who can actually move a market. Yeah. And it's not really that hard. I think, I think like, I think... Um, trying to time the market gets really hard when you are looking at a lot of charts and you don't really know what you're doing. Like yeah. you need, I mean, in my experience, and I'm not like a great trader or anything, but like I would be dead. Let's if, record this. I am. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've been recording the entire time. Um, you want to introduce the show? <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Keyword Crypto. <laughs> this is Michael and the Bear. I'm Michael, that's JJ. We're <laughs> talking about Twitter and who you should follow and who you shouldn't. Actually, we're not naming any names at all, but... You can tell uh, this is still very just a work in progress of how we introduce the show. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. We talk, uh, we talk bullshit for like five minutes and then I say, do you want to introduce the show? And we go from there. No, we're talking about what what the hell is the is Twitter is Twitter culture, Twitter crypto culture and how like I've seen people who are just fans create like murals or like or like collages of all the avatars. So, like yeah. crypto Twitter. You've got like 
crypto cobain and you've got the ceo of bitcoin and you've got this asshole over here and this asshole over here and crypto dog and bully esquire and yeah. oh my god and like most of these people that in you know uh, i i look at like when they joined twitter and it's like oh yeah april 2017 june 2017 <laughs> it's like okay you came in when the first bull run happened of 2017 yeah. and now you've got a hundred thousand followers and what i really don't get is when people are like it makes no sense that the crypto puppy has only ninety thousand followers he should have a hundred and fifty thousand to like shill their friends yeah. and stuff oh, yeah. Yeah. and and it's like people get really confused between the they get really confused between somebody who was actually doing doing work to build crypto adoption and people who are basically just shills yeah. basically people are just on there to try to gain more followers and they do that by by talking about some trades and charts i guess i don't really know and then people like me just shit post everybody the entire time yeah but at least your shit posts are they have a purpose behind them it's not yeah. just it's not just like yeah. some meme or whatever yeah and i'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings i'm trying to bring some awareness to the idea that if if Bitcoin is literally just the digital version of Wall Street, then what did we do? Well, do you know what Stock Twits is? No. So, so Stock Twits is like Twitter for the stock market, okay. and it's of course just a shill fest. Yeah. Even though that's technically illegal to like okay. shill stuff, but it's just like nobody can. You know, I I've never actually been on there, but from what I've heard, it's just like you can't get any viable information <laughs> because it's, you're probably talking to somebody who's going to dump on you or yeah. whatever. And that's what that's what the stock market is now. It's basically a bunch of gamblers who now can in, can invest, can quote unquote invest from their phones. Yeah. And that's it's just become like carnage. Yeah. And that's all crypto is really with uh, and and this is uh, like one of the things that I think is like interesting is that you get people in crypto who are really intelligent who seem to know what they're talking about. And I'm thinking of one person in particular because I've been seeing him around because he's marketing his new coin, and that's Richard Hart, who seems to understand crypto pretty well, at least understands Bitcoin and Ethereum. He's building his own cryptocurrency, but then he is just 100% about making money, like just 100%. He's not talking, I mean, he does talk a bit about making people healthier or, you know, trying to change the world occasionally, but mostly like his Bitcoin hex thing is about making the most pumpable coin possible, scientifically well, pumpable. Yeah, but he's also <laughs> taking into account all the lost Bitcoin in in the world right now. Which yes, I think it's it's pretty important because people are like, it's what's one guy? I was shit posting one guy. He's like, you know, blah blah. All the lost crypto once everything's mine is only going to be like four percent. Who cares? That's so trivial. And I said, great, now I can go throw my plastic bag in the ocean because what the fuck is one more plastic bag going to really matter? Hmm. Hmm. It's just like, so it's like this idea of everyone's like, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's minuscule. It's such a small percentage. But like if it becomes worldwide and one Satoshi actually can buy a house in 100 years, like is, is that going to be so minuscule? Hmm. And what does that do to the price? And, and like it's, it's, you know, it's, deflationary at that point it, you know it, it pumps up it's there's so much weird stuff about bitcoin that there was no forward thinking about the potentials for all the things that could go wrong that 
I like the, I feel like Bitcoin is the test net for all of crypto. Ah, uh, yeah, I can see that. And that's what I like about it. And that's why I don't want it to ever be a peer-to-peer um, hmm. yeah, currency no. because it's like, I don't want a test net. I don't want people to be reliant on a test net. That scares me because it's fun for rich white people in America to, you know, coders and bankers and whatever, to you know, to, to gamble on this and fuck around with this and, and test stuff. And, you know, it's, it's immutable and blah, blah, and this and that. It's like, okay, yeah, but for somebody living in small town Africa who's reliant on eating the next day, I don't want them to, to have to think about Holy shit! Are these fucking white imperialists gonna fuck me? Gonna fuck us over again? Because they're just gambling because it's fun. Mm-hmm. But this is how I eat tomorrow. And that's what scares me. Like I don't. I don't think that most of the people working in Bitcoin are thinking like like that. So, so then, like you think you think Richard Hart is thinking about that? I mean, he's 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 taking into account the lost Bitcoin, but. It, it's well. It's it's interesting. He probably is thinking about that, but in order to get anything done, he has got, he's got to make the most like gambly coin there is. I he mean, does. that's that's what he's yeah. doing. He 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 realizes that you can't divorce the technology from the price, and that's like, exactly. and that's uh, and that's that's why he is. That's why whenever you hear him talk, he's always talking about your mad gains. Like, yeah. wait, how are you going to get your mad gains? Yeah. For a guy who used to talk so much shit about altcoins, and you know. Tron and Verge and all those super pumpable coins. Like he used to talk so much crap about those. And now he's making a, a coin that really appeals to people who were in crypto for that reason. So Richard Hart is a shill and that's absolutely okay. Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, title for our show. He's a, yeah, he's, he's a shill. I mean, he knows that he's got to market his own thing and he's got to, but I, I thought it was really interesting when he had thought of so many different ways to, make his coin go up in value because that's what it's designed to do yeah it's almost like satoshi didn't design bitcoin to go up in value necessarily just it, to take over or to to be yeah. an alternative well that's why he didn't have any forward thought process of like yeah. making it inflationary because it's like hmm. well if you actually want it to be a currency it can't be deflationary because then it's going to be super volatile and and i was saying to somebody else i can't remember who i said uh i've got these great ideas for a currency that takes inflation into account to keep it relatively stable, to make it completely decentralized, to make it so any person, as long as you have a smartphone anywhere in the world, can participate in the mining of the of, of the of the chain and get a reward. So you're not worried about the richest person getting the most rewards. It's anybody participating is getting rewards. And I thought to myself, who would fucking invest in that? Because there's no money to be made in that. It's like investing in a in a stable coin. It's like you're not going to make any mad gains on a stable coin. So why yeah. are they doing like like what ulterior motives do they have to do that outside of making a digital version to make it easier to work on their network. But right. or or on their on their exchange or whatever. But like if we if I if I wanted to do this, I would have to invest my own money. I'd have to pay somebody to you know work on this work on this work on this because at the end of the day once it got to 10 20 percent um adoption rate in the world it probably would never move again after that mm-hmm. no yeah not moving in a significant way for sure and so who would want to actually 
what ICO investors would want to invest in that, what VC investors would want to invest in that, what any investor would want to invest in that. Nobody. So you have to find a, a rich philanthropist to be willing to kick down some money and be like, let's actually change the world. Let's actually help poor people. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. That's because they're all fucking Davos neoliberals now, and it's fucking driving me crazy. Yeah, so I guess if you're gonna if you're going to make if you're going to make a cryptocurrency that's going to have any have any influence, then you have to you have to build the the incentives in from the beginning, and that's that's I think what Bitcoin Hex is. It's like basically, yeah, all right, this this is going to solve problems. This is going to solve problems that Bitcoin has. But in the short term, it's going to make you a lot of money. Yeah. And he's doing everything he can. Now, the, the problems with that, I don't want to talk too much about Bitcoin Hex, but it seems like they are not ready to launch yet. No. Like they're like full yeah. of bugs. And like yeah. it, he just even though hearing him talk about it, it's like, yep, we got four weeks until it until yeah. until the snapshot and like <laughs> nothing is done. <laughs> it's like, that's great. <laughs> like we haven't had the audit, audits go through. We haven't had this. It was like, OK, great. Um, as long as the snapshot works, I'll just let it sit there. Because, <laughs> you know, everybody who is following that project is just thinking, oh, my God, free money. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which, I mean, that's frustrating in the sense of like. When I when I think about Satoshi's vision, I think about Bitcoin. I like to be an optimist. Like I like to think of like, ooh, he created this because of Occupy Wall Street, because of the collapse, because of this, because of that. I want to be positive about that person or people, that group that created Bitcoin. I want to be positive about Bitcoin. I want to be positive about cryptocurrency. I want to be positive about the people who work their ass off coding to make these things work and make them a reality. But I'm also really worried because I see what's going on in Bitcoin right now where it is a walled garden and they don't want to talk to each other. They don't want to let anybody else in. They want to do everything they can to suppress the growth of competition. They wanted to, So it's like I feel like they're using the Peter Thiel model of just try to destroy any competitor to have a monopoly. But what for? Mm. Just well, to make their bags pump. Who is trying to, well... Go who, on Twitter and just follow any Bitcoin maximalist. Fuck, Peter fucking Mc... Uh, he, what Mc, Bitcoin did? Mc, McDougal Kirkcrack... What's, what's his name? Peter, Peter McCormick? Peter is, McCormick, yes. Uh, so, uh, okay, so here, I think that a lot of people become maximalists, and I don't really know. we got to get one of these guys on, on the show. I think yeah. a lot of people come, become maximalists because that they become disillusioned with all, the altcoins and then and you can't blame them because it does become like a big kind of i mean it's it's what jackson was on the show talking about how it's it's really just another stock market yeah and that's kind of despicable in a lot of ways that's what crypto created really that's its one contribution is now we've got a new way to buy sell and trade um and so if it once you've and like someone like Peter, who has found a way to contribute to the world of crypto without having to buy and sell cryptocurrency, he's got a podcast that you know he's talking to people who are who are who are doing doing work in the in the crypto world, and he's and he's got a lot of followers. He's got a lot of people who listen. So in that case, it kind of makes sense. Or like Tone Vase, like it makes sense that these people would be Bitcoin maximalists because. I mean, if I were them, I just wouldn't have time for any of these shitty altcoins that are like probably going to so make you poor. It's not so much about shitty altcoins. It's not about having time. It's just about doing everything you can to 
to shit talk and lie and mis misguide people and misinform people about stuff. It's just like the amount. Okay, so everybody on this ship, everybody knows that I like the concept of nano. I don't like the way it was created, and I don't like that it's not inflationary, but I like the technology behind it, and I think that if you had some of the world's smartest people jumping on board, there'd be a way to figure that out to make it a reality. Nano's one of the only free cryptocurrencies, free to transact cryptos. Yeah, and but there is so much misinformation and shit-talking, and when I ever, whenever I bring it up, they're like, well, it's blah, blah, I'm like, that's actually not true, and they're like, well, it's blah, blah, and I'm like, well, that's actually not true either, not just provide them links, and... And and I don't I don't think half of them even realize they're doing it, spreading this misinformation. Probably but not. But they're just so used to just as soon as there's a competitor, talk shit, destroy, 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 discredit, destroy, discredit. And it's just like that's how is that fucking healthy for the community? Like the community is not healthy anymore. And no, I think that's what I get frustrated with. I mean, and there I think there probably always will be emotions in the space and I think emotions what are what play a role in that sort of senseless information spreading. It's like, you know, if you if you got burned on some investment last year, then like yeah, like I, I you might be bitter about that. Like you might yeah, act like But I mean Bit but Nano got fucking hacked with BitGrail and people mm-hmm. lost you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Millions. And there was a lot of misinformation spread about that. There's a lot of but that wasn't that had nothing to do with the actual technology behind Nano. Rayblocks back then. Mm-hmm. You know, that it had nothing to do with that. And so I think that's what I get frustrated with is it so it it goes back to my frustration with conservatives in and libertarians in our country is that they keep saying the government's broken. And you're like, no, the government actually functions perfectly fine. It's the people that you've elected to represent you that are broken. Yeah. Who are well, passing shitty laws, who are doing what they can to stop the people from voting. Yeah, yeah they're, they're breaking the government. Mm-hmm. So it's not that our constitution is weak. It's not that our Bill of Rights is weak. It's not that... You know the checks and balances we have in place are weak or or inherently flawed. It's that if you stop participating in the process and you start holding stop holding people accountable, that's when things go off the rails. And I feel like I don't that's, know. Yeah, maybe I mm. feel like there's a problem. I think that the, I think in a, in many in one way I think the government is very broken, and that is the problem of money in politics. That's like the one thing that is broken about it. Well, Instead I of think, Citizens so, United so case. The, the midterms are a perfect example of. You had the biggest billionaires fighting for conservatives, paying, you know, ad time, this, that, spending ungodly amounts of money, and liberals fucking decimated them in the House. Mm-hmm. Absolutely decimated them. Mm-hmm. So, like, money is money. It's like, whatever. It's like... The I don't like it. I would love there to be like hard caps. I would love there to be like the you know the the government hands each candidate a check and says this is all you can spend for and then and cut and cut the uh, the time you're allowed to to um, to campaign to like ten weeks like they do in England. I think that'd be fucking amazing. Because I think people are so burnt out on these two year long campaigns. Yeah, but you know like it's like we're dealing with that in crypto. 
Yeah, I mean, you're right, totally. But like, those are things that make me that make me feel like the government is broken. Like, why the fuck do we have an electoral college? Like, what? Like, why can't we just have a popular vote? These things are like, oh, that makes it really people hard. People in California have no fucking clue. What people in Iowa are going through as farmers. You think that? You think that's it? You yeah. Think, okay. Absolutely. Well, no. Okay, I can see that's what that's an argument for the electoral college, but like, I mean the. The the, ele- the electoral college needs to be reformed. Yeah, I don't think uh, that doesn't to be to be more weighted. But it's, like, it's you weird, definitely yeah. need to allow some weight to the people who have dedicated their lives to feeding the country. Well, and you don't give them a voice because it's a hundred farmers in Iowa versus you know. I mean, like what twenty There's farms 30, in California? There's it's like uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's that's yeah i don't know it's like um or i don't know i guess like a good another good example is like the super delegate thing of 2016 and how yeah, that was just a, that's a fiasco but yeah. that's that's a democratic party fiasco that's not well um, i'm talking about those i'm talking about those failures too but like, that's not the u.s constitution that's not bill of rights that's not that's a party having their own rules that has nothing to do with with the u.s government that has to do with u.s parties and that's Still, what I mean. That's, like that's that comes gover- down that's to government. It's not government. It has nothing well, to do with government. It has to do with the Democratic Party. Okay. And that's separate. That's there's nothing in our Constitution or Bill of Rights that talks about the Democratic Party. That talks about how campaigns must be run. That talks about any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I mean to say that 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 the parties uh, to say that government doesn't include the parties. I don't know. At this point, our our government is a two-party system and that's the way it is and it's like when you talk about government you can talk about the constitution you can say oh it doesn't include anything about what the parties do but it's still i mean that's the way the, co- the country is run right now yeah and therefore that is the government that is the way our cover our, our country is governed well so, so but how, how do you you don't have to change the constitution to fix that though so in California, I see what you mean. In California, anybody probably allowed, harder harder to change that. <laughs> yeah. So in California, anybody can vote for anybody in any primary. Mm-hmm. So Democrats don't like that. Republicans don't like that. California's like fuck you. Yeah. Okay. Do something about it. Like, if you don't like if you don't like it, take your ball and go home. You won't get California's votes. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. We won't put you on. We won't put you on any ballot. So it's like there's stuff you can do. There's stuff you can. There's laws you can pass. There's stuff you can do, do to get involved to change stuff. And sometimes changing stuff at a local level has massive effects on the national level. Oh, it almost always does. California's your, your a vote example counts of that. so much more on the regional level. I mean, that's that's how the that's how conservatives gain so much control is because they taught people how to run grassroots campaigns in their small towns, exactly. and they just took over. Slowly and they took over, took over with crazy american values which yeah. is just like oh man so when i look at bitcoin i see a top-down government that people like you and me who aren't mining and aren't running nodes have and, and if we don't know how to code there is zero we can actually do outside of a free market picking a different one yeah picking a different cryptocurrency because they've created a system that rewards the early adopters and re- and rewards the wealthy. And my and my thing is that's the least democratic thing we could possibly think of. That is literally the opposite of democracy. And so if if you claim to like freedom, you cl- like freedom for who? Freedom for the one percent? 
Like, sure, libertarians love freedom when it's for them. They hate it when it's for anybody else. All right, so are any cryptocurrencies actually addressing this? I mean, at this point, I don't think it's easy to tell because most uh, it, any any cryptocurrency that was born in 2017 needs another five or 10 years before we even know what it's going to yeah. do. And, and, and to have the foresight of what the world is going to be like in 10 years is is such a risk and i think that's why you know that's why that's why early adopters are so important i mean it it sucks to be an early adopter in a lot of ways because you're taking such a huge risk but i mean i don't know like we give well what early risk did early bitcoin adopters take nothing they took zero risk they didn't you could mine it on your laptop yeah they okay well i mean zero risk they took just their time. They took the hobbyists. Yeah, well, I mean, like I yeah, I guess I guess that's true. They didn't take much of a risk. Hmm. I mean, literally zero risk. Yeah. I mean, okay, so maybe like $10 a month on your electric bill for running it on your laptop. Mm-hmm. But they, they weren't like quitting their jobs. They weren't blah blah. They weren't doing It was a they was it was for hobbyists. Ah, it was you're considered right. a hobbyist you're right. thing. Yeah. And so, it's not like these it's like they like to consider themselves like VC investors or, or these, you know, these it's like, crazy. It's just like yeah, that's no, true. you didn't no. fucking do anything. You didn't yeah. put in a million dollars. You didn't put in $10 million and pay somebody and risk all this stuff. It's just yeah. like, no. What, what's Bitcoin Cash fuckface's name? Um, <sighs> Roger Ver. Roger Ver. Like that's his, that's his claim to intelligence is I bought Bitcoin when it was $3 or whatever. <laughs> and actually it's funny because Richard Hart actually says, you know, yeah, I, I bought it the year after or I bought it the, the summer after he bought and like he's considered smarter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh man. You know, there's a lot of investors. I think it, maybe it's something that just, is it something that happens to you when you do something that makes you a lot of money? Do you automatically think that that's smart? Because I, I, I yeah. hear, I mean, I'll hear I people like Gary Vaynerchuk say things like, oh my God, I, I missed out on, I missed out on, on Airbnb or I missed out on Uber. I could have been a genius. It's like, no, that doesn't make you a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's like, um, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like the, the <laughs> investors that are kicking themselves because they didn't I buy the right I thing. I like, I, he didn't say I could have been a billionaire. He said I could have been a genius. Yeah, or it's something like, like well, that. I don't know if he actually said that. wouldn't have actually made you a genius. I don't know if he actually said that, but it's almost like, like by saying... You know, it's like what's that other um, with um, um, what's his name? Um, uh, the YouTuber guy. Uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Cedric Dahl is. is we always did, said we'd say these, this thing. What was like? I had the opportunity to buy Bitcoin when it was three dollars. As if like just saying that makes you sound smart. Like, yeah. I had the opportunity. So, so well, and I, I, and I turned to people and I said. Um, Every single person yeah, in the world had all, the, the opportunity to buy it at three dollars. We all had that opportunity. Some just didn't buy it. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's so mean, funny, dumbass. And like, <laughs> and it's true. Going back to Twitter, it's like, man, if you, if if people on Twitter know that you bought Bitcoin in 2011, like they think you're a pretty smart guy for some reason. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, you had foresight. It's this weird thing in our culture where, like, we're like, like profits are considered really intelligent like oh, oh if you can if you can predict if you if you made a bet and the bet came out in your favor you must be a smart yeah it's like no nah, i don't know it's literally just a bet yeah and that's that's 
I it's it's surprising how many people believe that. Or how many well, people think look, that? Look, and and some people have the ability to analyze and read a situation better than others. Some people have the ability to. That's different, though. Have yeah. foresight. Yeah. Some people have the ability, you know, all these different things. It doesn't make them a genius. It just means they are good at that one thing. Yeah. Or they're slightly better than you at that one thing. Or they just had the economic means at the time to do that one thing. Yeah, or they were just really tunnel vision. Or they just came into yeah. contact with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, like, totally. I think that's what a lot of people in crypto are hoping for. It's like, because I came in contact to the, with this, yeah. I will be making the right decision. Yeah. That's like kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, I because the, you know some of the smartest people that I've ever met, the people that I honestly thought were geniuses were people that were had it's funny actually you know when I think about it they're they're all people that I think had a real combination of values and virtues like things like not not people not people who actually had foresight but people who had foresight and ambition and the ability to work hard or it, just the desire to work hard towards yeah. a goal those are kind of the people that I think of as genius I mean, I don't know really what is considered a genius these days. I don't even know if that word is PC or not, really. I, I find it kind of meaningless. Because <laughs> it is, totally. People I've talked to who have 150 IQ can barely look at a map and navigate two blocks away. Yeah, they can write a program that'll figure out how to... Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so, but to go back to what you were saying about is anybody actually doing this, I know um, Charles pays lip service to it with... Uh, with a, uh, ADA. Okay, so Ch- we, we give Charles Hoskinson some crap on this show, and, and and I think that that's because he makes himself out to be this great mathematician who's uh, doing all this great stuff around the world. And a cowboy. Uh, I mean, to, to me, he's just kind of a marketer for, for a cryptocurrency, and yes, he probably knows a hell of a lot about it. He's probably very, I mean, he's probably, I mean, that's the thing. It's like we can't we can't really criticize him for anything other than what he puts out on his Twitter account, which yeah. is unfortunately can be offensive and seem a little vapid at times. But yeah, I, I, people who were early listeners at one point, uh, this woman of color asked him about, Hey, and this stuff in Africa or Jamaica, I, I'm not sure exactly where she was. She it was, was Africa. English, it was African. an English accent though. Yeah. Um, and what she said, hey, you know, what about this? And he goes, well, that's just a fucking stupid... He said, more or less just said, that's a stupid question. Like, I don't... Like, obviously, it's going to it's gonna take care of that. And it was just like, the idea that a It was worse person, than that. I think he said, like, you don't understand how this works. And yeah. that's why... Or it's something you don't understand, like, how this works, and that's why you never will, or something like that. And yeah. Was, and she's a person who's interested in crypto and interested in how it's going to affect poor people in her community or mm-hmm. communities where she's lived or, or has connections to and asking very pertinent questions, the same questions I ask that I can be a little more forceful of because of how I look or whatever, or just, you know, the way I was raised and, and, and the privileges I've had that um, I don't mind getting up in someone's face and, and saying like, that's fucking stupid. Like that's you obviously have never talked to a poor person before, or else you wouldn't think that way. And and like really kind of shit talk until they start to go. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I do need to pay attention to this. But the fact that he said that to her, but he does actively go out and travel. He does, to- and people give him crap for that. And uh, but that is kind of what we need from people who are creating the future communication technology that everyone is going to need to use yeah. and 
And uh, I mean, it's it seems a little hypocritical for someone like that to travel around the world and kind of market his brand. Yeah. And kind of also put it all in the hands of uh, one thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way is the it's it's he kind of makes that project seem like it's this academic project and that's why it's veritable that's why it's that's why it has legitimacy yeah. it's because we don't write white papers we write research papers and we have we have uh you know we have we we have we start out with proof of concept before we actually do any do any work yeah. and it's like this kind of high and mighty like okay i see how you're trying to make it sound like it has more weight than it actually does or maybe it does and that's just your way of doing it because you i don't know does he have a phd or something he's part of the academic system it seems like yeah so he values that and for a while at least i don't know if it's like this anymore but in 2017 like if you were if you were evaluating a crypto project to decide whether you're going to invest in it, you'd probably look at where people got their degrees. You know, did yeah. they get Harvard or Oxford or Cambridge or one of these places? And like, so, so that that to him works. That's great. But he also does this thing where I've heard him, I've or I've read him, I've read things that he's written about how certain places are. I mean, he knows that his project is a decade out because they need to be able to build things. They they need to they need to figure out ways that people can build things with the materials that they're that they have available. Yeah. You know, for instance, if we're gonna have a network that can run off of SMS messaging or whatever, which is probably one of the you know binary communications that we can use to have a network where we can actually transfer um, value, then like then that needs to be something that that we that you can that you can build with your hands that's not that's not something that you buy that's not something you pay three hundred dollars for so you can you know you can contribute to the network this is one of the things we've talked about on this show you need to be able to have something that costs you like a couple dollars to do that yeah and he he has talked about that in the world don't have the ability to do that to buy that yeah of course Charles is one person who who is paying lip service Mm -hmm. and seems to have it somewhere in his forethought any cryptocurrency that you can mine on your smartphone, mm-hmm. I feel is going to, uh, has the potential to supersede Bitcoin. Interesting. Because that right there so, incorporates every single. You guys hear that? I mean, so electronium is going to number one. <laughs> what is uh, that? Because that incorporates Monero, pretty much every single one. person in the, world, on the planet. Yeah. Because they think by 2020, like 80% of humans on the planet are going to have a smartphone. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I think Charles Hoskin, Hoskinson spends so much time in uh, in Africa because I think I mean, a lot. Of, I, it's starting to look like a- Africa is going to be kind of the next superpower when it comes to mobile mobile technology because that's what everybody uses there. Nobody, nobody, most people can't afford to buy a desktop computer with a 17-inch screen. So or run a lightning node. Or run a lightning node. So they're going to need to learn to build things and program on their phones. Yeah. And th- those are the new computers. And not only that, but they're all going to be, they're not going to be the state-of-the-art iPhones that everybody is buying in the U.S. Exactly. and in Europe. They're going to be whatever is available. A $50 to $100 shitty smartphone that, you know, so it's got to be able to mine cryptocurrency on that. Because what what JJ and I have been arguing with people on, on Twitter about is that if Let's say I'm a poor African living in Uganda or the Congo, and I have a smartphone, and someone's like, you should use Bitcoin. And I'm like, why? 
And they're like, uh, because it's immutable and decentralized. It's the best. It's and it's the best. And I'd be like, well, how do how do I? It's not a scam. How do I make it? And they're like, oh, you can't. You have to buy it from rich white people, or from rich Chinese people, or from rich Russians. And you're like, okay, well, how is it? How is it safe then? Well, these rich people are going to mine it and protect it for you. You're like, well, how the fuck is it any different than what I'm already dealing with now? Yeah. Because that can easily be corruptible. Yeah. Like we saw in December of 2017 to January 2018, which I've been pumping this out into Twitter, the Twitter verses, when it cost $50 for a transaction and I had three wallets and two of them had $25 on it, I couldn't move that $25 off the wallets. Yeah, you, you... You need a certain amount of money to move Bitcoin, right? You need a certain amount of Bitcoin just to just to make the transaction work. And if your wallet, if the place where you keep your Bitcoin doesn't have enough Bitcoin on it, then your Bitcoin is stuck until you move enough to it. This is one of the problems with Ethereum that I have big time. Is like, it's like okay, Ethereum makes a lot of sense. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant idea. And then like, wait a minute, you need gas to? Yeah, it's so, like, and that's what? why I like Stellar so much because it's like Stellar. It's like I want to send you one Stellar. It just subtracts point zero 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 one Stellar, so, and, and so that's cheap. the fee, so fast, and yeah. it sends it to you, and it takes four seconds. Mm-hmm. Nano's free, so it's like it, you know there are options out there, and I don't understand why they don't just do a percentage and yeah. be like percentage. It's mm-hmm. simple, and that way you never have to worry about gas, you never have to worry about this, you never have to worry about that, and like you never have to worry about making the network run. So anything that has so okay, really fast then. How do you think? I don't know because I don't know if you feel the way is is intensely hateful towards Bitcoin as, as I do mm-hmm. um, about the the flaws in it. How do you think it could be fixed? And then I'll tell you what I how I think it, it could be fixed. Well, so I think that the only way crypto is going to work at all is if it's proof of stake. And it needs to be incentivized proof of stake in order for that to work. I don't. I don't know if proof of work is is going to be the way to do it because that will always require. Unless the proof of unless the proof of work is easy to do, like you said, if you can do it on a on a smartphone. Um, but, but that so that's that's like one of the things I think needs to change, and that's, that's my, my issue with proof of stake is that I feel like that's literally just a ponzi scheme it and it it might i mean yeah because, well, not, not a ponzi because scheme but i can see a pyramid scheme but pyramid scheme yeah. yeah sorry pyramid scheme so well it's a, a pyramid's pretty much a ponzi scheme no because a pyramid scheme a pyramid scheme could uh, when i think a ponzi scheme i think of like lots of promises that something is going to work out but a pyramid scheme is just pretty much cut and dry they just like run out of run out of steam they just run out of interest in the yeah. project but and that's how ponzi's fall apart is they can no longer get so right. So Ponzi is, you give me money and I pay out the investor before you, and then now I have to find another investor to pay you your profit. But when, why don't you why don't you just make proof of stake when 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 you have transaction fees, even if they're small, you make those transaction fees just go to the people who are who are who are staking the right? rich people. Well, no, it doesn't have to be rich people. If anybody can get it on a cell phone or whatever, you make them. You make it. Well, how do you get it then? That's proof. Of, that's usually proof of work. Well, Bitcoin is starting out as proof of work. That's the we're talking about how we would fix it. So that's the only way I could think that it happens. So, so as long this, as it's proof is, of work, there's a this problem. This is why I think Ethereum is the biggest scam in the, in the world. Is because you had early adopters mine a bunch of uh, Ethereum, 
And then as it's starting to get uh, to where it is now, and people have amassed huge wealths because of Ethereum, they're like, okay, now we're switching over to proof of stake. So all <laughs> the people who got in early and got all this Ethereum are now going to stake it and just yeah. sit there and collect interest on it forever. Yeah, okay. It's like, what a fucking scam, dude. Yeah. Holy that, shit. But at the same time... Vitalik is an evil genius. But, but like, okay, but at the same time, like, I don't... How... How could you continue with proof of work? That's okay. what I okay. kind of can't. So here's yeah. so here's what Na- here's what Nano does, and I'm not saying I'm not shilling Nano because I I don't think yeah, Nano can actually there's no incentive sustain to itself. Yeah. The, yeah. There is the okay. So so Nano isn't proof of stake. Nano's proof of work. So if I send Wait, how you, so? so if I send you uh, one Nano, mm-hmm. I have to confirm someone else's transaction, and for you to receive it. You have to confirm someone else's transaction. It works like lightning, sort of. So every transaction confirms two more transactions. Mm -hmm. So their idea is it's not cost-effective to spam the network because you have to confirm two transactions first before you can actually okay, send see. it to yourself. Yeah. For a double spend. I think I knew that. So some so some people are like, well, you know, it's there's there's a price where it's not that expensive to actually do right now to 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 scam the system, but they have node validators just like Bitcoin. And people are like, well, there's they don't get any money, so why would they run a node? Well, if you're a small business, you don't want to rely on, on somebody else's node. You know, uh, Nano calls them representatives. You don't want to rely on someone else's representative to confirm transactions for you because they could lie. So you want to make sure you run your own node to confirm your own transactions. And so if every single small business in the world is running their own node, that's the most decentralized system in the world right now. Yeah, I can and see that. Everyone is confirming. And you don't have to worry about every single person running a node because you have these small small businesses all over the place. And Okay, but then going back to how would you fix Bitcoin right okay, now? Okay, so Bitcoin... Basically, you'd have to turn it into something like that. So, okay, you'd have a proof of work. I guess the reason I think a proof of stake is, um, is just because the problems with proof of work as it exists today. So the way you describe proof of work actually would work. If like you had an incentive, even if it's a small incentive, you just basically spread that and you have people who, who had nodes that were doing the work. Yeah. So first off, I would figure it's out a still way not cheap. to, con- if you, if you want, if you want to have a node that is safe, then that means you might need to use some crypt- crypt- cryptography to keep your nodes safe. Or you'd have to run it on a server or something like a that. A node so, for Nano is just the wallet. You're literally just running a wallet. Oh, yeah, okay. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, so so you like, don't, I you, did it on DigitalOcean for a while and paid five bucks. And people were like, well, it's helpful, but it's not making a huge difference. Because really, the, what you really want is like people who are accepting transactions consistently. You want them running the nodes. Because mm-hmm. that's just like they have, they have the economic incentive to do it for their mm-hmm. own security to make sure that their network doesn't go down and their representatives cuz like if i'm relying on you and your net and your representative goes down all of a sudden it creates an issue for me and i got to try to find a new representative and all that yeah. so that's why it's important for every small business to run their own um so back so to bitcoin for bitcoin i would try to figure out a way to change the algorithm so it's no longer the 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 most hash power for one person I would try to split it up about the most hash power between as many people as possible. And so, and then distribute rewards accordingly. Because 
Right now, it's geared towards condensing your power and trying to get other people to stop mining. Whereas if, if I said, I'm only allowed to contribute, you know, one megawatt, whatever. I'm just making, I'm making up. I don't know. 21 science. gigawatts. Yeah. So let's say I, I'm only allowed to contribute one megawatt and to mine one block, I need a million megawatts. Mm-hmm. And then after the halvening, I'm going to need 200 million megawatts. So if I'm only allowed to contribute one, my incentive is to try to get every single person on the planet to start mining to make mm. it so this stuff can actually be mined. So I, I'm, it, 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 it actually forces people to encourage more mining than right now it's, it's, it's incentivizing people to, to try to monopolize the mining. Hmm. So it's this. It's. I mean, it's a very a cool corporate. Idea. It's a very corporate Peter Thiel type mentality of how do you how do you no. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a bad way. He wrote a whole book on it. You know, zero to one. Like, how do you turn your company into mon- in a monopoly? Because that's mm-hmm. how you make the most money. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to economic incentive for changing the paradigm for the world and getting mass adoption, you don't necessarily want that. For when it comes to security, you don't want monopolies. You want the exact opposite of monopolies. Yeah. So what what people are doing in Bitcoin is recreating the Wall Street paradigm where now you're having larger and larger mining corporations controlled by a single entity, creating a single point of failure. And if you only have five main mining corporations in the world and one of them shuts down like Bitmain, if Bitmain goes completely belly up, that's 50% of the hash power. Boom, gone mm-hmm. in one day. And now all of a sudden, the people who are left have immense power and control over the chain. Yeah, that'll be pretty ugly. So we don't want that. We want that power spread out to as many people as possible. And how do you do that? You change the economic model to expensive versus uh, you know, more, more power spread out over more people. Yeah, I see. Okay, so you give people an incentive to get other people to mine, basically. Yeah. Yeah, you would need to change. I I still think that one of the I mean, one of the problems with I mean, the, the the Bitmain problem is just is so huge to me. The fact that you really can only mine Bitcoin with this one particular exactly like pretty old school piece of gear yeah. like that needs special attention. It needs and a special it's room to run. Expensive needs to, to air buy, conditioning to run and to cool. You can only I mean, feed it like whole grains and like you gotta <laughs> pet it every night and it's like i've seen the people who like have those those mining farms it's like yeah like two of mine are acting up i think you know i'm gonna need to take them in it's like they're basically I'm gonna, pets i'm gonna have to put it down i'm gonna have to put this one down so <laughs> yeah you those do things that, are huge if you can do that that all of a sudden allows you the ability to mine it on a phone mm-hmm. and then so how do you run a node if you say okay well I can't run a node on my on my phone. So what about sharding nodes? So if I have a laptop, a phone, and a tablet, allowing one account to shard the node into three mm-hmm. and allow it to run in each one at any given time, or have a let a family shard a node. Let people that you trust get together and shard a node between the three of you. The sharding just means splitting up 
the work between it doesn't devices. Mean, it doesn't mean half shitting your pants. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a shard like a crystal shard right yeah, it's like not a splitting shard. yeah it's, <laughs> it's uh splitting splitting the workload between devices between mining devices or the other way is which do they even know does anyone even know how to do that yet not really no so it's just a so, theory theory the other theory is and i think this is actually somewhat plausible right now is you just you don't tell people what pers- like so you, so everybody has the last gig like like the most recent gig of the blockchain mm-hmm. and then everybody has another gig from somewhere else in the blockchain but nobody knows what other gig they have and so every single person who has this wallet only has to store two gigs on their phone which most phones can handle right now and you have those so you have instead of having you know, 75,000 or or 7 million or 10 million or how many people, how many nodes are running right now? I think it's like 10,000 nodes. Mm -hmm. So instead of having 10,000 copies of the Bitcoin thing, you can split it up between, you know, uh, like 7 billion people. And now you have, let's say, you know, half a billion full blockchains out there split up between all those people mm, okay and so it's it's even more it's it's safer because you don't know who else has what so you can't attack one person and try to and try to uh spam their node and get their node shut down because they're only holding one one hundredth of it so you would have to try to figure out who owned what and try to piece that together to try to attack one whole node at once so mm. I mean that's just a theoretical non-scientific view about yeah that possibility but I just like little things like that where it's just like how do you get more people to mine how do you get more people to confirm transactions and how do you get people more interested in these things rather yeah. than just whether the price is going to go up and down because I'm I'm a middle class white guy who grew up in borderline poverty and when someone says to me hey there's this new thing and I look at who's in charge and who's confirming and who's mining. I'm like, why the fuck would I want to jump yeah. into something That's run true. by a bunch of fucking rich people? Like, I've been kind of, as a poor person, you know, class warfare has been a thing in my entire life. Like, conservatives have done everything they possibly can to keep poor people poor and yeah. to keep rich people rich. So I've experienced that on a daily basis. I'm thinking to myself from somebody in Africa who's experienced imperialism their entire life or for the last 10 generations, why would they want to participate in something that they have no stake in, they have no you know, invested well, people, interest in? I mean, imperialism is... is <laughs> it, it, it could be another type of imperialism that happens. It's just like people think, oh, yes, money. Money is what we need. Money is... This is one way to get it. Let's buy whatever. Let's get as much of that as possible. I mean, like yeah. that's that's just what happens. It's like yeah. um, like people, and, and like that would be the worst thing that could happen, really. It's someone, like, someone was like saying, like, why shouldn't you use Bitcoin? I'm like, well, it's the same as or the, or the like. Well, why are people using Bitcoin then in Africa? And I'm like, the same reason they were fucking using the Zimbabwe dollar because they didn't have any other options. Yeah. And so just because you're first to market doesn't mean you're a fucking savior to that country. And and the fact that you think you're a savior to that country is yeah. just part of the imperialist mindset. And so it's just like, I don't want to save a country. I want to help create something that allows them to save themselves. 
Where, where was Craig Wright when he like basically <laughs> shot on that country? He was in Africa. He was in Africa. He was I in like he was in like some little country. He was like, Most I like have more money than your entire country. Yeah. Like that just sounds like, like something the Joker would say. Oh my god, like, dude. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Well, uh, yeah. What like where where what can we leave people on? I bet that flew over a lot of people's heads, but that <laughs> our the uh, the point to that was that like it's easy to get stuck in crypto and be thinking about like what what works now and what doesn't work. Oh, so this is just, well, let me just say this. So like basically, when we're looking at solutions to things now, that that's not always it's not always the answer to what's going to work in the future. And I think that's something that that a lot of you know cryptos that came out last year or the year before kind of they a lot of them screwed up when they like we're looking for solutions to things now and that's like i don't know it's really hard for us to tell and maybe that's where the innovation comes in maybe that's where the geniuses are the people yeah. who are actually thinking about how to solve these things yeah most people are not thinking about it's like the guy on twitter today who was like so the definition of decentralization means that it has to include poor people not wrong. I think yeah. that's what he said. And it was like, wait, well, actually, you know what? Actually, yeah. This it, guy yes. honestly believed that decentralization meant that he could leave all the poor people behind. Yeah. It's like, oh, and it's like, yeah, that's not decentralization, dude. Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly the opposite. That's so wall street right now. <laughs> so if you, you know, if you're, if you're into, if you're into crypto because, and it's a new thing for you and you're looking at it and it's gonna, it's could possibly make you some money. Don't forget that this is something in the future that could be very disruptive and like possibly, and it needs to reach, you know, it ha- needs to have a really wide reach across the world. It needs to basically reach everybody in order for it to work. Yeah, and that's something that's so easily forgotten. I think it was a theme of some some movements in 2017, but not quite really enough. I mean, like there were, I remember there were like projects like OMG, where we're like looking at like how do we get Ethereum used as an actual currency to as many people as possible. How do we bank the unbanked? How do yeah. we like all these? Yeah, like yeah. there's the, these, these buzzwords back then that yeah. have totally fallen away. Like no one's talking about that now. Everyone's just like, "Fuck, my bags are empty." You know, it's like, how do I get make more money yeah. again? Yeah, it's like because I haven't heard a word from Dan Larimer for like oh. six months now. <laughs> Where is that guy? He's Dan disappear. <laughs> Maybe he's just like he's in a cave trying to figure out how to fix the problem that he he's created. Hanging out with his four billion dollars that, that he sold EOS for. He's like, yeah, I don't know, because I feel like that project had good intentions, and when, we, when it's almost like Dan Larimer didn't realize that there were going to be human beings that were going to have to exactly. It was like he was like, I'm going to create this amazing computer program and give it to the world, and then they're going to decide how to use it, and that way. That way, I won't be the one responsible, but I'll have made this great thing. And it's like, actually, there's all these emotional people that have different ideas for the way it's supposed to work. It's never going to work. And, and that's like, why you have to create it beforehand with foresight of how people react. Yeah, and that's hard because and, then it comes from a centralized place. Yeah. There's never really been a situation where people freely said, I don't want money. Take mine. Mm-hmm. Like That doesn't really exist. Human beings usually hoard money. And so it's like you have to keep that into account. Like you're, when, when you're building something, you have to take that into account that they're going to do everything they possibly can to co-opt, control, manipulate, and hoard the wealth of that chain. Like yeah. that's what they're going to want to do. All so, right. On yeah. that happy note. Yes. <laughs> Keyword crypto. Giving it to you straight. <laughs> 
freaking the fucking shit out of you. Everybody, check us out on Twitter at Keyword Crypto, and we've got a new YouTube channel too. That's Keyword Crypto. We're going to be putting some cartoons up there. Actually, yeah, cartoons. It's a cartoon. We don't actually look like that. (laughs) JJ really does. I'm a big, fat, nerdy bear. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, Talk to you next time.